Welcome, welcome, welcome to Young Black and Opinionated. I'm your host, Christina Royster. Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you are listening and follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at the YBO Podcast. I have a couple pop culture topics to discuss today, but most importantly, I want to talk about Mary J. Blige's documentary. Y'all, this documentary, I'm not afraid to say it changed my life. Like, I know that's a bold statement, but it really did change my life. And I'm going to just get into it. So stay tuned. Before we talk about anything else, you know I have to do Put Y'all On. If you're not familiar, Put Y'all On is the segment of the show where I put my listeners on to my favorite thing of the week. And this week is going to be a movie. I'm going to put y'all on to this movie called The Lie. It's on Amazon Prime. And this movie, honestly... It has a three out of five on Amazon and I can see why it does. Like, I'm not going to say it was the best movie I ever saw, but the plot was definitely interesting. And so the plot is that this girl, I'm not really spoiling anything. So I'll just go ahead and say it's in the synopsis. You can read it yourself. This girl, teenager, what is she like 15 in the movie? She kills her best friend and her dad is like a witness. And so her dad takes it to the mom and the parents decide we're going to cover this up. The parents decide not to go to the police. That's strike number one. Y'all should have went to the damn police. Like people need to understand this goes for anything like hit and run accidents and stuff. If you just call the police like, and, and, and they were white and I have to mention that they were white because as I was, as, as the sentence was coming out of my mouth, I realized like it might not be that easy for black people. Like if you killed somebody by accident and you called the police you might go to jail anyway, but they was white. Okay. They were white in the movie and all they had to do was call the damn police. If I'm a parent, I'm not a parent yet, but I'm just letting y'all know right now, if I'm a parent in the future and my kid does some dumb shit like that, my kid is going to jail. My I'm calling the police immediately. I don't care. The dad was like, come on, it's our daughter. Cause at first the mom was like, no, we're not doing this. And he was like, come on, it's our daughter. But what's really shocking is the twist kind of like towards the end. So I'm not going to spoil it too much. Um, but yeah, long story short, the girl kills her friend and she claims it's an accident and the parents cover it up. And that in itself was just crazy. And you know what? I should have did this before I started recording, but let me just, uh, okay. So this movie is from 2018. So it is a little bit older. I have to do my research real quick. The main character is this girl, Joey King, and I've seen her face before. But I don't know what... Oh, here it is. She first gained recognition for portraying Ramona Quimby in the comedy film Ramona and Beezus. So yeah, she has that like doughy face. I don't know how to describe it. Like her face just pisses me off. Like, (laughs) I'm sorry. Like she's a cute girl and everything, but like her features just piss me off. Like, I think I was just mad at the character and like her face wasn't helping. So that was very interesting. And her father is played by Peter Skarsgård. And so he's been in Orphan, a uh, whole bunch of other movies. You you know him when you see him. The mom, I don't really, I've never really seen her around. She could be familiar, but I don't really, I've never, she was in The Catch and some other movies I've never seen. But yeah, the girl who plays Kayla, that's the main character's name, and the father, you've definitely seen their faces around Hollywood before. So if you're, into the whole psychological thriller thing. This might be, actually, it's not very psychological. It's more of just a thriller. 
it was more just like, what the fuck? Like the whole movie, I was like, what the fuck? Like there were so many opportunities where you could have backtracked, but that's the problem with the lie. That's why this movie is called the lie. When you tell one lie, you just got to keep lying and keep building lying to the police, lying to your neighbors, just awful. Me and my boyfriend are watching this. Like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? So that's my put y'all on It's a 2018 movie called the lie. It's available on Amazon prime. Now let's get into my main segments, shall we? First of all, let's start with some breaking news. Like literally this is unfolding as I'm recording this. I am recording this episode on Wednesday, June 30th, 2021. And Bill Cosby is now a free man. I honestly thought he would rot in jail. And I think a lot of people were hoping he would rot in jail because he was charged with sexual assault. Like, Come on, this man really is just walking out of jail scot-free. So if you haven't heard the news, Bill Cosby, I'm gonna just read you a New York Times article. Bill Cosby freed as court overturns his sex assault conviction. The entertainer had been serving a three to 10 year sentence in a prison outside Philadelphia. So Bill Cosby was released from prison on Wednesday, June 30th, after the Pennsylvania Supreme Court overturned his 2018 conviction for sexual assault. And... Obviously, like, Bill Cosby was a very high-profile Me Too case. So for it to get overturned, that's just a slap in the face to all the women that he assaulted. Like, this is so devastating for them. And um, the court's decision seemed likely to end the Pennsylvania case. So there's, like, no chance of him going back. And they said that Cosby has served about three years. It was, like, a little over two years of a three- to ten-year sentence at a maximum security prison and the court ruled that a non-prosecution agreement with a previous prosecutor meant that Mr. Cosby should not have been charged in the case. So Bill Cosby is getting out of jail at the age of 83. He already returned back to his suburban home in Philadelphia, and he threw up the peace sign when he was going in his front door. So, wow. Yeah, the court's decision overturned the first major criminal conviction of the Me Too era. This is just sad. And it says that the case against Cosby began with his arrest in 2015. So it's been about six years of this. Ugh, I just don't know what to say. And then, okay, so then Felicia Rashad, which she probably should not have done, even if you do support Bill Cosby, don't say it out loud. Don't let people know. Just keep it to yourself. Just text him. Just, just send him a text. Because she tweeted, like, finally free, like, yay. I don't know exactly what she said, but it was more of like, I'm happy my friend is out of jail. And everybody else was like, but he's a rapist. And so somebody was like, wow, how y'all gonna be mad at Felicia Rashad? She worked with the man for over a decade. So obviously she's happy for her friend. And somebody just tweeted like, she could just not say anything. She'd just be quiet. That's the problem. Everybody wanna run to social media, even old heads apparently. And Felicia Rashad just became the dean at um Howard. So like, that's not looking too good. Like, hmm, sis, no. Ugh, that's the problem, because some we, we can really talk about it. Some of y'all got friends that are rapists too, but we're we not going to go there. Not today. Bill Cosby's not going to bring down this episode. <laughs> Let's move on to what else is going in the news. Let's talk about the Olympics. I can't even keep up with all the black girls slaying at the Olympics. Um, With the track and field, just all the records being broken. Honestly, I just can't believe it. I'm in shell shock. I posted a um, picture on the YBO Instagram that was like me during the whole year. And it was like Kente cloth. 
And then it was like me when the Olympics come in my red, white, and blue. That's the only time I'm going to support the America. That's the only time that you're going to hear me screaming USA when I see Simone Biles step out in that little goat leotard, okay? But what I wanted to talk about in the Olympics was these designers getting into it. So you may or may not know that Ralph Lauren has been dressing Team USA since 2008. Well, now we got some other designers stepping on the scene, and one of them is Kim Kardashian. I don't know if she really designs her own clothes, but her name is on it, so period, sis. Um, I read that all 626 female athletes on Team USA will be receiving a full line from Skims. That's Kim Kardashian West. Um, is she still going by Kim Kardashian West now that she divorced Kanye? Probably. But um, her loungewear, you know how her uh, her skims is like body shape wear. Well, this, she's not so much doing like a team uniform for Team USA, but she's doing more of the loungewear, which is still pretty cool. Like to see 600 female athletes chilling in your clothing. Kim has come, come a long way. Now, some people did point out the fact that the loungewear is very reminiscent of Yeezy but that's not my business. <laughs> get your coin, Kim. Go right ahead and get your coin. And another designer stepping out on the scene, Telfar Clemens. Telfar has just, you know, become a cult favorite. Like, you can't even get your hands on a little Telfar bag. And now, Telfar Clemens is designing uniforms for Team Liberia. That is his native country. And this quote was so funny to me from the New York Times. They said, go crazy. So I did. Telfar told the New York Times. Okay, period. Like, black excellence, black excellence. I'm sorry, but before 2020, I never even heard of Telfar. And now all I see is Telfar. So you go right ahead, designer for the Olympics, sis. Not sis. Telfar is a man. Okay. Moving on. Everybody is sis. You could be a sis. Anybody could be a sis, okay? Now, moving on to the BET Awards. You know I got to get into this. Now, I want to preface this by saying I am a cord cutter. I do not have cable. I watch everything on my streaming apps. And I probably could have found the BET Awards live. But honestly, I'm just not into award shows anymore. I'll just watch it later on social media. I'll just watch the highlights. And so apparently more people were into the awards this year, though, because they hit like over 2 million viewers, I read somewhere. Uh, I think it was Business Wire or something. And um, they were calling it Culture's Biggest Night. That was the theme of the BET Awards this year. And also Year of the Black Woman. And so right off the bat, let's just start with the red carpet. I saw this hilarious red carpet clip of Jack Harlow shooting his shot at Sweetie on the red carpet. And the Shade Room caught it on camera. And I wish I, I had the video on me. Let me see if I could play it. Because <laughs> for me, it's the way... Sweetie says, please don't make this messy. And the interviewer's like, now you know we not messy. And Sweetie says, now girl. Because it's the shade room interviewing her when Jack Harlow walks. Okay, look, I'm going to play this video for y'all. Hold on. So Jack Harlow walks up while Sweetie is being uh, interviewed by the shade room. And he wants to shoot his shot. So I'm going to play it for y'all. Hey, girl, what's up? Hi, Getting caught up, girl? Why are you shaking? Emma? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Nobody's shaking. Nobody's shaking. Jack, step into the shade room. Okay, was that him shooting his shot or what? I don't know, but y'all better not be messy with this. You know, 
not messy. She said, now, girl, let's unpack this for a second. First of all, Jack Harlow, do not, that's not the time or the place to shoot your shot. I mean, it was bold. I'll give him his props. Will Sweetie ever date him? Probably not. She did not look interested at all. She looked mad, actually. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. And um, she was like, why are you shaking? She called him out on camera. He was like, I'm not shaking. I'm not shaking. But yeah, when she was like, now, girl, you know y'all messy. Because the shade room will definitely try to spin that some type of way. So let's just start with the red carpet, okay? It was already a scene. Then Zendaya, that was one of my favorite looks on the red carpet. I really enjoyed hers outfit. Um, who else had a nice outfit on? Uh, some of them wasn't looking too hot, to be honest, and I'll get to that in a second. But Zendaya's outfit was reminiscent. They said that it was reminiscent of Beyonce's first solo performance at the BET Awards, that 2003 mini dress, the purple with the neon band. That was a look. Zendaya killed that shit. And I can't believe this girl's only 24. Ugh, makes me sick. Oh, like she is just, oh, Zendaya is gorgeous. Okay, period. Now let's get into the winners. So as I said, it was the year of the black woman, they called it. And Queen Latifah won the Lifetime Achievement Award and um, MC Light, Rapsy, Lil' Kim, they did a, a tribute of Queen Latifah songs. And Kim, we're talking about looks, right? What the hell did Lil' Kim have on? She had on a freaking Prada clip on her bangs. Her bangs had, like, a clip on it, like, that said Prada. That was ugly. I don't know what that was. She, whatever, Lil' Kim. What, I'm going to just ignore that. I'm going to just chalk that up to the game. <laughs> that was just a mess to me. But, um... The winners, yeah, I want to talk about the winners. So, album of the year, drum roll please, Jasmine Sullivan Hotels. That's interesting for an EP to make album of the year. I'm happy for her. She beat out Chloe and Hallie, Nas, Megan Thee Stallion, The Weeknd, and The Baby. Good job. Like, ugh, she just, she's amazing. She's doing great. And then best female R&B pop artist was her. Her beat out Janae Aiko, Jasmine, SZA, Summer, and Beyonce. So congratulations to her. I feel like this is the year of her. I keep seeing her everywhere. Like she's really blowing up and I'm really happy for her. She was already big, but now she's even bigger. And best male R&B pop artist, y'all already know who got this. Chris Brown got it in the bag. He beat out Giveon, Black, The Weeknd, Anderson Pack, and Tank. Now best group, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack as Silk Sonic one best group mind you silk sonic has only given us like one song so they beat out chloe and hallie metro Boomin and 21 savage city girls i mean honestly with this list they definitely do deserve to win well chloe and hallie probably had them beat and then best collaboration wop by cardi b and megan the stallion of course megan the stallion was on there twice she had crybaby on there with the baby and best male hip-hop artist, Lil Baby. I've been hearing good things about Lil Baby. I feel like Lil Baby is definitely making a name for himself. He beat out Drake, Pop Smoke, J. Cole, the Baby, and Jack Harlow to win best male hip-hop artist. And of course, best female hip-hop artist, Megan. Megan beat out Lotto, Sweetie, Koyla Ray, Doja Cat, Cardi B. Megan washed all of them. And then video of the year had to go to WAP. Y'all know that video was smoking. Best new artist went to Gibeon. Okay, that's what's up. That's what's up. 
I'm happy for him. Oh, wait, go go back. Rewind to little baby. That little baby performance with Kirk Franklin, I didn't even watch the whole thing, but he looked like he didn't know what he was doing up there. That's a no-no. I don't know if they got to re- rehearse it. I don't even know if he knew the lyrics, but that was a no-no. And talking, that, that wasn't even the worst performance. I have to say, the City Girls performance was trash. I looked at it, and I really was cringing while watching, and it really was not good. I really said to myself, damn, this is not good. It just looked like they were so stiff. Like for y'all to be twerkers, it looked like they were counting the steps in their head. I don't know if their microphones are low or were low or what, but I could barely hear what they were saying. And they just looked stiff and it just looked so rehearsed and I just didn't enjoy it at all. And their outfits during the performance were cute, but their outfits on the red carpet, not so much. Um, Miami's outfit specifically looked like seaweed. JT's outfit wasn't that bad, but yeah, I don't know. I just feel like the city girls are getting a little washed already. I don't know. I, I, they're cute and they ass fat, so that will carry them, but for how long? Because they perform Twerculator. That's the problem. Like, you don't have any other song you can perform. Like, that song was not it. Ugh. Yeah, I, I don't like that song if, if you can't tell. And Lil Nas X. So Lil Nas X, of course, making a splash. Lil Nas X said, if I'm going to be gay, I'm going to be gay. I'm going to just be gay, gay. And I'm going to just kiss a man on stage. And it's crazy because somebody was comparing it to, you know, that VMA's Madonna Britney kiss. Like, nobody was in uproar at that time because everybody, that's the double standard. Everybody's like, ooh, lesbians, like, yay. What happens when a black man kisses another black man on TV? Y'all uproar. And Lil Nas X just clapped back like, if you don't want your child seeing that, then don't have the TV on. Because at this point, it's everywhere. It really is. There's a gay character in almost every show that I watch. So for you to say, oh, Lil Nas X is ruining our youth. No, your child shouldn't be watching the BET Awards live at 9 p.m. on a Sunday. Like, maybe you need to control your child. Or, like, I I heard a guy on the radio, on the Philadelphia radio station, uh, Mikey, one of the morning hosts, he said they just talked to their child about it. They was like, yeah, men kiss men, women kiss women. And their kid was pretty understanding. Their kid's seven, and she was like, okay. Like, I'm sorry, but that is just life these days. Like, what are you going to do about it? Stop getting mad at Lil Nas X. And, um, I mean, the song is still not my favorite, but... You know, he getting his coin, so I can't blame him. I I don't want to say, look, I'm going to say this, and I hope y'all don't cancel me. What I want to say about Lil Nas X is that when he first came out, he was like, yeah, I'm gay. But he wasn't leaning into it as much as he is now. I don't know if he's just feeling more comfortable and more confident enough to be more open, or if his agents are telling him like, yeah, let's ride this wave and like be like, you know, he was doing his little booty popping and stuff during the performance. And I was like, I don't know if I ever seen Lil Nas X do this. Like now all of a sudden you're doing this. So that's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to get across. Like, I don't know if he's just becoming more confident himself or if the, the media is like pushing him to like act more gay quote, like don't quote me on that, but you know what I mean? I, I'm happy for him. He's living his truth. And he's, I've already said it on the podcast, like he's living his best life. He is really like, he's got Gen Z on lock. Like Gen Z is in the grip of Lil Nas X. So that's what's up for him. But I just hope that he is, 
really comfortable and just being himself. That's all I want. I don't want this to be like a media thing, you know? Um, because I think, I think somebody, I read an article that said like Tyler, the creator, when he came out as queer or whatever, some people were saying like, okay, is he really queer? Or is this just like queer baiting? And that is a thing where now people are coming out as non-binary and transgender and all these things. Is it because you really are? Or is it because it's cool? Because it's popping at the moment. You know what I'm saying? And unfortunately, like people really do that. So I just hope that he is being himself and staying true to himself. Now, another performance that was uh, really jaw-dropping, which I talked about on Instagram, was Cardi B and Migos. The Migos performed Straightening, and then it went into Type Shit, the song with Cardi, and Cardi came out with a pregnant belly, y'all. <laughs> Cardi B, is, is she is pregnant with her second child, with her husband, Offset. And I know what y'all gonna say, you know, Offset, that marriage is toxic. That marriage is just him cheating on her and her just accepting it and getting pregnant, apparently. But I don't care whether they're on or off. Offset is a mess. Cardi's a mess. We already know that. But I think that Cardi really does want to be a mom and have a family. And so she's got she's got her wish. At least she got one baby dad. <laughs> so I'm happy for her. And I cannot wait for this album, sis. Because I know you're sitting on it. But you need to hurry up. Okay? I need the second album. Is it her second album? Well, I don't know, but I've been listening to Invasion of Privacy like it came out yesterday. It came out in 2018. So Cardi, we've heard WAP. We've heard Up. We've heard Big Paper with DJ Khaled. We heard Type Shit with Migos. All these different songs. I need an album, sis. She even made a song with Blackpink, the K-pop group. Cardi, where is the album? All right? But that performance was lit. She had the long weave down her back with the um black bedazzled bodysuit with the tummy cut out and you know I'm not trying to compare a woman to a woman but I feel like I like this pregnancy reveal better than Beyonce's well they were both lit remember when Beyonce did the 2011 VMAs love on top she was rubbing her tummy and Jay-Z was standing next to Kanye like yeah dog yeah like that's that's very much this Cardi B came out with the tummy and she was just bad ass like bad ass oh she said Hoes couldn't be as hot as me with a blanket on in the summertime or something she said. I gotta listen to that song again. Cardi, I love Cardi. And one of her songs recently, she did say like, I took three years off and basically she was like, y'all wouldn't be where y'all are today unless I took those three years off. Because, um, you know, as Cardi has taken a seat, a seat back, Megan has risen to the top, City Girls come to the top. Um, now don't get it twisted, Cardi's still up there with them. But I want to hear more. I want to hear her come harder. And you can hear it sometimes in some of her stuff. But I want to hear her come a lot harder. Nothing will ever replace the bars on Get Up 10 for me. Get Up 10 is one of my favorite Cardi songs. What's y'all favorite Cardi verse? Because somebody said their favorite verse from Cardi is Clout. That one's a good one too. Bitches be saying my name. She said, say my name, say my name, Destiny's Child. Oh! <laughs> I love Cardi. Okay, also, Megan The Stallion performed Thought Shit, and they said that she was looking like Megan J. Blige <laughs> with the black boots and the uh, sunglasses and the blonde wig. It was definitely giving Mary. And that actually leads me to my next and final topic, Mary J. Blige's My Life documentary. All right, so let's get into Mary J. Blige's My Life documentary. This documentary is available on Amazon Prime, and it's executive produced by Mary and Sean Diddy Combs. Now... This documentary 
basically it started it, it told a little bit about her life and everything but it really focused on the process behind her second studio album my life and that dropped in 1994 and i believe it is now triple platinum in america so let's just start from the top for me personally i love mary i know of mary but i wouldn't say i'm a diehard mary j blige fan because i just didn't grow up that way it's not like my mom played mary j blige in the house my mom wasn't listening to that for those of you who don't know, my mom was like a Christian church lady, so she was listening to the gospel. I can tell you every gospel song, but Mary J. Blige, not so much. So I didn't really discover Mary until later in life. And that's okay, because a lot of people are still discovering Mary. On the documentary, one of the girls, she was about my age, she was in her 20s, and her mom was with her, and they had a listening party. And she said that she played Mary J. Blige for her child when she was like 15 months old, and she heard Mary J. Blige so much that she thought she was really Auntie Mary. She really thought Mary J. Blige was like somewhere in their house. Like, <laughs> so Mary J. Blige has definitely been a staple in a lot of households. And now after watching this documentary, I really understand why. And this documentary changed my life. I'm not afraid to say this documentary changed my life because I didn't realize how much this woman went through. I didn't realize how much pain she put into this album. She laid it all out onto the table. So basically, Mary J. Blige grew up in Yonkers, in the project. She had a hard life. She was molested at five years old. Um, she was in an abusive relationship as a teenager with Casey from Jodeci. And they didn't get any uh, interviews with him on the documentary, so I wonder what he has to say for himself. I need to look that up after that documentary aired because it didn't pay him in the, in the best light. But it doesn't matter, it's her story and she told her story and she told from her perspective. and. Um, she said that, you know, he was abusive to her and she really, she said on the movie that she basically watered herself down to stay in this relationship. That's strike number one. You should never have to do that. And I related to that because I have been in an emotionally and physically abusive relationship before. And, you know, luckily I didn't stick around for too long, but it seems like Mary stuck around for a while and that kind of just sent her down a spiral, depression, drug use, alcohol abuse. And so her first album, What's the 411, that was more like introducing her to the scene, very hip hop, very fun. The second album, Dark AF. And you know, I'm, I appreciate her putting it out there like that and being real with people, like just talking about depression, talking about not loving yourself, but trying to pick yourself up and put on a smile. And specifically the song, My Life, I'm gonna read y'all the lyrics. You probably already know the lyrics, but I didn't. Like I said, I I didn't. I feel like now as a 26-year-old, I need to go back and listen to this album from beginning to end because it sounds life-changing. All the fans that Mary met at these meet and greets on the documentary, they were all like, you kept me from killing myself. This album, she said, kept her from killing herself. This album kept her alive. She was like, all she was like, every day I was depressed, I was sad, I was high but I would get in the studio and that was therapy. It really sounded like a therapy session for her and the people around her because Diddy said, you know, he was down and he was going through a breakup during that time. Her writers and producers, they were all young and living the life, this Holly, Hollywood, not Hollywood, this um, hip hop, you know, rich lifestyle in New York. They got money now, but the guy said, I was still not happy. He was not happy. And they were just masking their pain and they all just got it out in these writing sessions and these studio sessions. And we we probably would not have Mary J. Blige today 
had it not been for this album, basically. And so the lyric that really stood out to me, and she said it on the documentary as well, take your time, one day at a time, it's all on you, what you gonna do? That had me crying, bro. I really cried when I watched this documentary because the impact that those little words can have on a person. I mean, I've talked about in the podcast before the power of music, right? And just how one song can take you back to a time and place or it can make you feel better. Or sometimes I do put on a sad song just so I can get a good cry out. And so I feel like Mary J. Blige spoke for a generation of women and still women after her. This album is 25 years old and it still speaks to people. And so when I watched that documentary, I got a better idea of who Mary was. She said something that really touched me. She said one of her favorite songs was, and that's, that's kind of what inspired this song in this album. One of her favorite songs is um, Everybody Loves the Sunshine. or I, I forgot the title of it, but you know the song that's like, my life, my life, my life in the sunshine. Yeah, I'm a bad singer, but <laughs> that song, she said, my life in the sunshine where I was from, I just didn't think that I would get to have that sunshine. The projects were rough. She said she saw neighbors get beat up and her neighbors get beat up and women get beat up. And she said she never smiled as a teenager because she just wanted to have that tough exterior. And you can still see it in some of those, those early interviews that they showed in the documentary. She just seems like a troubled, angry girl from the projects. She looked ghetto fabulous. They, I, I feel confident enough to say ghetto fabulous because that's the word that they used on the documentary. She looked like she was a girl from the hood and they put a camera in front of her. And she even said, one, one interview stood out to me specifically and it was when this lady kept asking her like, what's the inspiration behind this album? And I just told y'all how it was pain. It was dark. And she started to talk, but she said, I didn't want to give that interviewer too much. I didn't want to give her a piece of me. So she, she started to tell him in the interview, mind you, Mary's like 19 in this interview. And she's like, you know what? I'm not even going to finish because you wouldn't understand. That's the truth. That's the God honest truth. Black people, we, we're always asked to just share our struggle and parade our business on the media. And just like, like I said earlier on the podcast with the whole sweetie thing, she was like, don't be messy with this. Celebrities have to keep their lives so private because some things you just want to yourself. And she didn't want to air out all her business. Even on the documentary, Mary said, there are things that happened to me that I will never, ever share. She still won't share to this day. And that's her business. And so for, for the media to keep pushing and pushing, she said, you wouldn't even get it. So let me not even try to explain it. And one interview that really pissed me off was, I guess, during her rough relationship with KC from Jodeci, uh, they were on the same entertainment show. I don't know the name of it. I got to look that up for y'all. But Jodeci was on the show earlier and they were asking KC about marriage and he was like, nah, I'm a single man. I'm never getting married. Well, you're supposed to be dating Mary J. Blige. So they played the clip for her on the show live and that's just so embarrassing. Why did they embarrass that black girl like that? Like black girls are not safe anywhere we go. Like they just treated her like, I don't know, like like the media, just like another topic to laugh about. And that was not laughable to her. She said, you could turn that off. She was like, I have nothing to say. She was like, I'm done with him. Like that is so embarrassing to go through on live TV. So Mary J. Blige has taken a lot of hits. And before watching this documentary, I, I did think, you know, the running joke was Mary can't keep a man and blah, blah, blah. And she even has gone through a divorce recently. But I realized she is so much more than that. She's not just a punchline. Mary J. Blige has really had a tough, tough life. 
And when she sings, it's therapy. She says she always liked to sing. She never thought, she said that we weren't allowed to dream in the projects. If you had a dream, anybody would try to take it away from you or tell you you're not good enough. She says, so I just didn't dream. I just didn't bother. She loved to sing. And that raw talent made her who she is today. And when we were watching the documentary, they were showing some live concerts. And my boyfriend was like, Yo, she preaching. It really sounded like she was a pastor. She really does have a testimony. And her testimony really touched me, and I hope it touches y'all. Please make sure you check out the My Life documentary on Amazon Prime. Oh, one more thing I want to add from the Mary J. Blige documentary. She said, don't come out bitter, come out better. She had a lot of tough lessons in her life, and none of them made her bitter. She just came out stronger. She also said, I have 13 albums, but my second album is most important to me. It was one of the darkest times of my life. So make sure y'all check that out again, my life. Thanks for listening to this episode of Young, Black, and Opinionated. Make sure you follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at The YBO Podcast. And you can follow me, Miss Chris D, M-I-S-S-C-H-R-I-S-D-E-E on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. See you next week. Bye.